Jesus has commissioned the twelve disciples to continue his mission in the world. He continues to instruct them, telling them that following him will, at times, be difficult. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the twelve apostles, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid, you are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. I'm so struck in today's gospel and the first reading about the nature of paradox and reversal that we find in the life of those of faith. So, First of all, the paradox, those who find their life will lose it and lose their life will find it, seems to be incompatible with itself. It seems to be at a self-contradiction. But perhaps it could be illuminated 
if we look at our reading from Genesis. So to begin with, we have Abram, later called Abraham, which it always struck me as odd that Abram, the father of the faith of the Jews and those who are followers of them, Abram becomes the head of the Jewish faith by adding Ham to his name. <laughs> but in any event, um, there we go. And we remember from last week that the three visitors came and said, you will have a baby by Sarah, who at the time was 100 years old. I just put that there. Make of it what you will. I look around and I think very few of us would be open to that option, but be that as it may, that is the reality of God's promise. Now, Abram had received the covenant that said he would be the father of many nations, and in order to fulfill that covenant, he made a baby with Hagar. So Herman Melville fans, what was the name of Hagar's son? Ishmael. We say that because that's the first line of Moby Dick, call me Ishmael. <laughs> Why is that? Because, of course, the narrator just is wandering around until he kind of falls into wailing. Not the wailing wall, but rather going on the Pequod in order to hunt Moby Dick. And so, because of this sense of wandering, we have Hagar, the Egyptian, the slave woman. That is a foreshadowing of what we see in the next book of the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, in Exodus. It's completely reversed. Because, first of all, we had Moses, who was taken out of the water and given to Pharaoh's daughter, the Egyptian, to raise, he was born into slavery. Eventually, we remember, there were the ten plagues upon Egypt, the last of which is the death of the firstborn, where Pharaoh the Egyptian says to the slaves, go, get out. And the Hebrew slaves escape from servitude in Egypt through water and therefore inherit the land and become a great nation as promised. In the first reading we have today, it's completely backward. It is the Egyptian who is the slave of the Hebrew, Abram or Abraham. The firstborn, Ishmael, is threatened with death at the end where they are in the desert, which ought to be very familiar to us from the Exodus event, but they are delivered through water. Remember the Lord hears the cry of the Egyptian slave woman Hagar and gives them water so that they may survive as well. The 
slave who was raised in the Hebrew household rather than the Hebrew slave raised in the Egyptian household, which was Moses, is sent out and the inheritor therefore becomes Isaac, the inheritor of God's covenant, whereas Hagar with Ishmael, who is sent out, delivered from slavery and raised in the desert with the water given by God, also becomes a great nation. What we see is a grand reconciliation before these two stories. We have how the God of all people has rescued all people, Hebrews and Gentiles, Hebrews and Egyptians, from slavery and servitude, and given them life through water. And while they wander in the desert, nevertheless, they become a great nation. So it's really a flip-flop, or if you want a stained glass word, as we say, it would be an inclusio. The beginning in Genesis where Abraham sends Hagar and Ishmael out is concluded backward by Pharaoh who sends Moses and his Hebrew nation out and they're delivered through water, wander in the desert and become a great nation. Isn't that the way it is with us? Isn't that the life of faith? That Jesus teaches us the life of faith is a topsy-turvy one. You know, sometimes paradoxical, sometimes beyond our capacity to make reasonable or make sense of what it is. But what it does teach us is that followers of the God of Israel and the tradition of Jesus Christ teaches us that our way of faith is one where we are asked not to know where we're going, but rather to trust in God's promises. To trust that the Lord who delivered Hagar and the Lord who delivered Moses and the Hebrews will also deliver us. Whether it seems like we are on the top or on the bottom, in servitude or in power, in poverty or in wealth, Nevertheless, God is present to us and remembers God's own promises to us. So if Jesus should send out his disciples into a fairly hostile, possibly scary and life-threatening world, gratefully, we in America don't live in a world where that is the case, but nevertheless, there is some division, or there is some hostility, or there is some negative cynicism toward a life of faith, we nevertheless go into the world fearlessly because we are called not necessarily to be successful, but we are called rather to be faithful. We have encountered the divine in our lives and we are asked to share that light with others. So in the final analysis, all we are asked to do in division 
and pain and fear is rather instead and to proclaim that this too will pass that while the result of our labors are in the hands of the divine nevertheless they are divine hands in which we can trust so we are called to do our part in the woods listen beneath highway sounds and plains overhead to the gentle murmuring of the brook sometimes it takes a while like getting your eyes getting used to the dark to hear what else is there to the song of the brook or the silence beneath the song out of the woods it's harder the noise more complicated insistent wordy but the the song that created the world and you still hums threading through every moment it's your life that makes harmony with the universe and that's your part your greatest quest is not to go and find but to stop and listen beneath everything there's music that you were born to sing in the name of God father son and holy spirit amen, amen.